pandemonium reigns. Yo, welcome, friends and family. It is September 5th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, I can't, I can't steal that. That's a Josh Bate thing. I'm sorry. Uh, listen to you, Josh Bate listeners out there. I totally stole that, and I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, we will not get hit with copyright infringement. But hey, it's a great day, and it is a great week to be a Tennessee falling freaking tear. Yes, Lord. Yes, it is. Football's back. We made it through the offseason, baby. We made it through the offseason. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made it. Listen, so uh, this is we're going to call this one an orange cast because this is nothing but Tennessee. So if you are a non-Tennessee listener out there, get off. Get out of here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're welcome. We love you. Don't leave us. <laughs> Tennessee, 59. Ball State, 10. Give me a, Just give me an overall thought, man. What do you yeah. got? Pretty pleased. Um, you know, we saw some of those improvements that we probably all hoped for, whether they were voiced, whether they were, were in our subconscious. You know, Ball State came out not afraid. You know, yes, they they were take they were going to take a chance on the first play. Didn't go their way. Lots of pressure from Aaron Beasley. To Mario McDonald capitalized on it, but there in the drives that followed, you know, they would move the ball, get, gain a first down or two, and then they weren't afraid. Man, fourth and short, they didn't sure. care. They were going. Yeah, and Tennessee held strong, man. Those are the things that you're going to need to see, probably on third down, a little bit more than fourth down, going forward in the SEC slate and pits against Pittsburgh in week two. But improvements on third and fourth and short, and for that matter, short yardage when the offense was on the field as well. Yeah, uh, but a pretty clean game, you know. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked the number of dudes that we got in the game. Lots of young blood out there. I'm here for it. Yep. I want to see those guys. And I thought, for the most part, people played well against Ball State. Certainly an inferior opponent, and they weren't afraid to put them away quickly. Yeah, so that's kind of my synopsis right there. It's an inferior opponent, opponent, and it's an it's an incredibly inferior opponent. We did not play Oregon. We did not play a La Tech. We did not play. We played a bad Ball State team. They are they are they are not good. Yeah, and I think they knew it. This is why they yeah. came out and made several fourth down attempts. They came out on their first play from scrimmage and ran some trickery which uh, we can get into in a second, but we blew that up and, and made an interception off that play. But I think one thing that kind of jumped off to me, and this is something that you and I have yet to talk about, I've been saving this. Jalen Wright looks thicker. He does look thicker. I mean, perhaps he saw a year ago how much action he got. We got quite a bit of action for a true freshman in the SEC. Yeah, we were a depleted roster a year ago. We're, we're still working on addressing that, but Perhaps he saw his his running back buddy Jabari Small with just some wear and tear, um, you know, to that shoulder. He saw the the challenges that short yardage presents, and he looks bigger, but he doesn't necessarily look slower. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't at all. And he had a good day. He's thirteen carries, eighty eight yards, good for six point eight yards per carry. That's almost seven yards uh, on an average with a score, a long of thirty three. Now, I do believe that a large chunk of that came on one drive, if I remember right. However, I thought, I thought he'd look good. I, I feel yeah. like, you know what, I don't, I don't love our 2D rotation at this position, but I think it's serviceable. Absolutely. I think, I think it's good enough to win us some games. And Jabari Small, love this guy. Runs angry, runs, uh, runs vicious, runs with purpose. I like it, and I like it a lot. Did anything else uh, jump off to you? Any other immediate kind of takeaways from Thursday you night's know, game? Um, we talked briefly in the uh, 
just in the, the days before this game last week in our podcast about what would we do if we're on that Ball State staff. Um, and I don't think either of us said get the ball out quick. And boy, did Ball State get the ball out quick. They Ooh. were not going to sit back and let that guy get hit yeah. or even face much pressure. So credit to them for that. Um, it's easy to sit here as a Tennessee fan and say, where were the tackles for loss from 2021? Yeah. Where were the quarterback sacks? Well, Bo Nix wasn't sacked for Oregon, and God knows that the Georgia defense was dominant. I don't believe Alabama registered a sack. So I'm not saying Ooh. that Tennessee is either of those teams, but I'm saying Ball State had a game plan. You can tell that though they're pretty inferior, they're they're fairly well coached. I mean, they've made a little noise in that Mac. Um yeah. But they had a game plan, and it, and it was fairly well executed. All that to say, you know, your, your best is probably good enough for a 49-point loss Tennessee. That's just who you are, unfortunately. But you came in, you got paid, and you stuck to your game plan, and, and I think it really helped against Tennessee's defensive front. I agree. So I, I'm going to set this up, and I'm going to make my point. So Tennessee kicks off uh, to open the game. Ball State gets first possession. Their very first play from scrimmage, they run a double reverse pass – and Aaron Beasley blows up the blocker right in front of Paddock, who is quarterback for Ball State, forcing a um, erratic – is that the word? Throw? Yeah. Uh, in which Tamarian McDonald picks off. Next play from scrimmage, Tennessee. Uh, some people are calling it a will route, that Hyatt run. Yeah. You know what? Listen, I played college ball. I was n- – nothing special. Not Not saying that, but – I've never seen a wheel route ran like that. It looks like an out uh, and an, like an outside hitch, yeah. uh, almost like a uh, almost like an an out that's rounded out more, and he stops and he sits and he's looking for uh, that soft spot. Beside the point, hits Hyatt, scores, boom, two plays. We're up seven zero. I wonder how differently this game would have unfolded if you take those first two plays out of existence. Yeah, I, I do too. Um, and I've heard people say that Hyatt broke his wheel route off for that kind of modified out that you're alluding to. No matter the case, the coverage was really soft. If he did break it off, that's good. I'm glad that we have the freedom in this offense to do things like that, if that's what happened. Yeah. But very efficient. You saw Hyatt's speed getting out there, you know, creating the separation. And then he, man, I don't think there was anybody stopping him right there. As, as open as he was, the kind of head start that he had for the, the goal line. Yeah. Glad to see him hungry to get inside there. and and get in the end zone. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, that's a that's a great point. I'd love to see what this game – just how it unfolded if, if those plays were different. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, needless to say, several volunteers uh, touched the ball. <laughs> several mm-hmm. volunteers made tackles. We got the chance to play some dudes. Um, who who kind of stuck out to you, you know, not named Hendon Hooker? Yeah, um, I'll say this, um, you know, sticking with that quarterback position, I thought Milton did look a little bit more polished. You know, the the ball there in the end zone, I think it was to Hunter Salmon. You know, don't quote me on that. It was. Yep. Um, that was that was a fastball that he threw in there, but he probably should have held on to that. You'd, you'd like to think that if it's, you know, Princeton Fant or Jacob Warren, that they might hang on to that. I know that Princeton Fant had a similar situation when Hendon Hooker was still in the game. Yeah. But Joe looked a little bit more polished, and boy, that touch 93 to Jimmy Holiday was a strike. Yes. Goodness gracious. It needed that, that to be ball, a strike, though. It did. In that situation, it needed to be, and it was a strike. Accurate ball down the field holiday went. You know, he flashed some of that ability that you'd like to see him him have at this point in his career. Talked about him being a, 
a dangerous quarterback in Texas yeah. high school football or Mississippi, excuse me. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of those young guys, I, I, and I liked what I saw from the receivers, you know, a lot yeah. of guys got opportunities. I'm glad that's the case. You know, I don't need to see Cedric Tillman get 10 catches or a hundred yards. I would love for him to keep the streak alive. Sure. I would love that. Sure. But I don't Not need to see game. him get 10 catches against ball state. You know yeah. what I mean? No. So I'm glad that we got those guys an opportunity. Um, I think if we wanted to keep it vanilla, then I think we were able to do that again. That's who ball state is. Didn't have to show anything, but you put out a dominant win, and I liked almost everything that I saw in that game. Yeah, we we I think we kept it extremely vanilla. I think this, uh, uh, I can confirm that by Hinton Hooker's two rushing scores. They weren't going to give you any kind of two-point play look. They weren't going to give you – they're not going to put anything on film. So they said, you know what, Hooker can get us in there. And I believe that's 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 what Great they point. did. Great uh, point. I, I want to piggyback off Milton for a second. So – I would agree, more polished. I think he looked a lot more comfortable. I'm really disappointed in his ball to Salmon. Bro, you, every pass doesn't need juice. It just yeah. doesn't. Uh, I don't – how do you not know at this point in your football career yeah. how to put touch on something? Listen, your your ball to Jimmy Holiday that went for 53, I think, was on a laser on a freaking rope, and that ball was on fire, and it needed to be. He hit Holiday Absolutely. in stride, and it was beautiful, all right? But not every pass is like that. I, I played receiver in high school. I played receiver in college. Like, every ball does not need to come out of your hand so dang hot. Touch it. I, I believe we were inside the five on that attempt to Salmon, and it was there, right? Yeah. Just dump it. Just give it a little toss. Give it a little dump, and it should be in the end zone. Absolutely. Uh, so that's kind of my comment on Milton. I did uh, – you know what? Uh, one more thing on Milton. Uh, scramble drill. Uh, he 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 went right. It wasn't there. He booked it back left, and I think he picked up 20 21. Something? I yeah, 21. Okay. yeah, okay, okay. So twenty one uh, looked good. You know what? Do I love him as our starter if Hooker is not available? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, yeah, no. But you know what? It, it could be a whole lot worse. Certainly, certainly, a whole lot worse. Um, I think one guy that jumps off to me is Dylan Sampson. Yeah. Uh, what at least on the offensive side, I got a, I got a defensive guy I want to talk about. But Dylan Sampson, the numbers don't pop off. Ten carries, thirty-two yards, but I felt like he ran aggressively, and it was and it was like he knew what to do. And he's yeah. a first-game freshman, even in pass pro. Yeah, uh, like and they were talking about him. Uh, the announcers were how how well prepared he was for the college game. You know what? We boy, do we need that? Certainly, we need a three D guy. Certainly back. need that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but here's another guy I want to talk about. Uh, talk about. We mentioned him here earlier. Is Beasley? I think Beasley had a day. I think he was. If I am giving out a, uh, I don't want to call it an MVP. If I'm giving out some kind of award for maybe like best performance or something like that on the day, not named Hidden Hooker, I'm probably going Aaron Beasley. Yeah. He was he was blowing up blocks. He was uh, he made. I think he didn't he tie Christian Charles. Uh, yeah, um, for total actually, tackles. Warren Burrell, Christian Charles, Aaron Beasley all had at least solo between their solo and uh, assisted tackles, eight tackles in this game. Yeah, yeah, and Aaron Beasley set the tempo. So if you go back, listen, fans, go back, watch the very first play from scrimmage where Ball State runs this double reverse pass. Aaron Beasley blows up the blocker, and by doing so, he puts pressure on that cue to, to make an erratic throw. Uh, listen, 
I don't think I would have said this going into game one. I think I probably would have highlighted a Jeremy Banks. Aaron Beasley had a day. It felt like he was everywhere. And if he wasn't on the tackle, he was there. He was in absolutely. He was in screenshot. Uh, what say you? Who's who's another guy that jumped off the page to you? Man, um, it's it's hard to look. I just want to compliment Aaron Beasley a little bit more, just jump in on him. Yeah. Um, it was almost like, you know, the way that Jeremy Banks is always around the ball. Yeah. It was almost like that from Aaron Beasley. And that is exactly what this defense needs. This defense needs both of those guys to be Thank you. Yes. in the right position, yes. blowing up any blockers and linemen that they can and being where the football is. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, they need more guys than just them, but it would be so beneficial for this defense to have another guy like Banks, especially if it's someone that may have a little bit cooler of a head, is not yeah. going to cost you some of those penalties that Banks may That's or may point. not cost you in a game. But yeah, um, really, really strong performance from, from Aaron Beasley in this game. Yes. I'll tell you something that stands out to me, and, and it's something that I like. I want the absolute most and best out of these receivers, but Ramel Keaton, I mean, how easy would it be for a guy like Ramel Keaton, who's been on campus for, I know, at least 14 years, <laughs> I mean, how easy would it be for a guy like that to mail it in? I'm not going to get my chance. I probably should have transferred. Yeah. Um, you know, how easy would it be to do that? And and I'm ecstatic for Walk, Walker Merrill getting in the end zone this game. Sure. I want to um, comment on that, by the way. I have a comment. Absolutely. But And, yeah, it was a funky play. You know, his receiver, I don't know if he shook him out of his shoes or if he fell down. I was half paying attention because it was Ball State. Forgive yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but I'm ecstatic for some of those receivers getting their moment, even in a game like this, because you're going to be needed down the stretch of the season. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Ramel came in with Harrison Bailey in Harrison Bailey's <laughs> shadow. Harrison Bailey is gone to UNLV, not even getting a start there for the Rebels. And Ramel Keaton, hey, props to you, man. Thank you for just not jumping straight into the portal. And Truly. you know what? You caught four balls, and you, you, you had 57 yards on it. And you, you, you scrambled one for 32 yards. And he so, had purpose when he had the ball in his hands. I mean, he did. you don't see that. You see guys looking to avoid a big hit or just pick up what's there. He, he, he moved with purpose. Whether he had the ball in his hand or he didn't. Yeah. And, and that was big for me to see from a guy like him who's been here for a long time. All jokes aside. Absolutely. You know, I think if we can get 500 or 600 from him on the year, I think that's, that is going to be a telltale sign of very good things. Absolutely. I mean, that quite simply could mean, a di you know, w whether it's wins that we've predicted or not, it could impact the win-loss column directly. It truly could. Yeah, If absolutely. you get production from a guy like that that we've either written off or that we're just not expecting it to, like Aaron Beasley, if you get big production from Aaron Beasley, yeah. It could mean simply wins, additional wins in that in that final uh, column there. Absolutely, because uh, j just just thinking about some of our guys. So Tillman is going to be demanding some double teams this year, and now on the other side of him is a McCoy, who we haven't even mentioned yet. <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of positive things to say about that dude. He seems oh, he's physical. Uh, and I like it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and then now you've got Jalen Hyatt, who they're raving about, who had a good day. And if you can insert Ramel into that conversation, or even a Jimmy Holiday into that, listen, you, you can't double team Cedric. You can't. No. You there's, can't. there's too many other dudes you can find to get the ball. Uh, so, with that said, you know, Walker Merrill's uh, touchdown, he was uh, two catches, 21 yards, and a score. His score was from 16 out. 
So if you go back and watch this, this dude just falls. I don't think he gets shaken out of his boots at yeah. all. He just tumbles. If you're wondering why Merrill is so open, that corner was bad. He yeah. he, he he got tripped over his own feet. But hey, man, yeah. props to Merrill. At the very least, that is a big confidence boost for a guy like Walker Merrill. Listen, I'm not downplaying him. He can obviously run a great route. That's not my point. But but anyway, so let's talk about Brew McCoy for a second. Oh yeah, let's do give, it, man. Give me your thoughts on Brew. Did, did you like what you saw? I loved what I saw. Um, you know, when I when I think about this game for Brew, the first reception that pops out to me is the pass to the far left of your screen, the far left of the field. Um, a pass that was a little bit dangerous, let's just be honest. And, yeah. and Hinda did have some dangerous passes in this game. He did. I think you'll see his accuracy. I don't think you're going to see a drop in accuracy from Hinden unless he does have mechanical issues. But yeah, things are going to be ironed out. It's the first game in a long sure. time. Sure. Uh, but that risky, risky pass there, to the, to the top of the screen, left side of the field is the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind is that ball in the end zone, um, where I think if Hendon has it just a little bit more over the middle, then I think Brew has a much better chance to bring it in. Okay. But just off the off the hip, I mean, he looked like a guy that has been through some stuff. I mean, he looks like this game against Ball State meant a lot to him. Like he was relishing the moment of being out there. I'm not, you know, saying he's going to win the Bolitnikoff. I'm not saying he's sure. going to yeah. have a thousand-yard season, but he looks like it means something to him. And as a fan, I want this to mean everything to you. Um, you know, just to just to throw this in, um, when I look down these receiving numbers, I've had these receiving numbers pulled up on my phone for probably five, ten minutes here in our conversation. I don't see Jimmy Callaway's name in here. That bums me out. Um, and I, I I want production from a guy like Jimmy Callaway. Man, he's got abilities. But, again, go back to Brew. It looked like it meant a lot to him to have that eligibility. When when Hoppel made those comments about, you know, sharing the news with Brew, him sharing it with his dad, I thought that was a little bit cheesy. You know, I like it because it's it's a positive for Tennessee. Uh-huh. But it, it looked like the result on the field matched that enthusiasm and excitement about becoming eligible, being able to play the season. Yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. No, I, the, the the play for Brew for me is um, – I can't tell you what direction they were moving, but it was the bottom of the screen, uh, left side uh, of the formation, and Brew has to come back for it. Yeah. But he makes a heck of a catch in doing so. Yeah. Also, if you go back and watch film, the dude is is physical on in the run game. Yeah. He, he, was, he was trying to get downfield, which – it's the stuff like that, that that breeds success and turns a four-yard rush into a 40-yard rush. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's huge. And that dude, he's got a wide base. His, his legs are big. His waist is big. Like, dude's a baller, and he's not slow. He's, he's speedy. He's physical. He's got yeah. hands. Very, very uh, excited for him. But uh, on the Callaway thing, just for a second, I mean, I saw him on the field a few times. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't say how many snaps, but you know, hopefully the stat sheet is not indicative of him and things yeah. are turning around. And if I am his position coach, I'm saying, Hey, bro, where's your name? Where's your name at, man? You got to show me something. Yeah. Last year, you made a huge, huge play in that pit game. Go yeah. do it again and go do it on a more consistent basis because I know this is a moment where you get tr- true transparency from your staff. Golish and the staff is looking for consistency from Jimmy Callaway. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Also, uh, fans, Tennessee fans out there, if you're looking at the stat sheet, you're going to see a Justin Williams-Thomas fumble. I'm just here to tell you that is not his 
fault. I don't remember what cue it was, but it's the cue's fault. So uh, Justin Williams Thomas was on the left side of that cue, which means his right elbow needs to go up. His inside elbow needs to go up, which it does. And then the cue is responsible for sticking it in the pocket. Justin Williams Thomas's job is to keep his head up and to keep his eyes up. And for he is trusting that the cue is going to get it in there. The ball is stuck on his inside hip. It's not in the right spot. The stat sheet's going to tell you it's, it's Williams Thomas. It's not. It's whoever that cue was. So before you start tweeting at some <laughs> 18-year-old kid, listen, it wasn't his fault. If I think it, if I think so, or if I remember right, I believe it was Taven Jackson. Yeah, um, we were I, texting about that. I think it was Taven. Okay, yeah, but I could be wrong about that. Hey, going into this game, we had a couple of things that we wanted to see. We wanted to see some 100-yard rushers. We didn't get that. Are we concerned? Yeah. Not terribly concerned. Um, you know, uh, Jabari, and, and it's like the number gets in a different perspective every time I look back at this, but 13 carries, 63 yards for Jabari. I think a lot of this, and, and sure, you know, they could have created more space. They could have done this or that. But all things considered, it being vanilla, the team achieving 218 yards total. I mean, yeah. all of that considered, I'm not – terribly concerned about that um we talked about pittsburgh yeah they you know there were some long runs for those west virginia backs that kind of inflated those numbers a little bit yeah but i i think all things considered if you will show some more of your playbook if you'll just work i, I honestly i think that this team can run the ball against virginia uh, pittsburgh excuse me um <laughs> so i'm not terribly concerned about that and i think it's just that mentality of you always want to see a lot of, of rush yards and and positive sure. yardage in that capability against a team like Ball State. Yeah, you and I have been playing NCAA for football for a long time. <laughs> if you don't hit 100 yards, it's kind of a failure. But listen, so let's just – let's remove Sampson from the conversation, Williams-Thomas. Let's remove Milton's numbers. Let's remove everybody but right and small. If you put those two together, 26 total carries, which is good for 151 yards, which would be good for 5.8-yard average. I don't hate that. Nope. Not a, not even a little bit. I don't hate that. You know, I, I would like to see it better, and it could be because of the video game player inside of me, right, thinking, hey, this could be higher. But you know what? It's game one. Um, I, piggybacking off that, it's, it's this offensive line game one. This is yeah. game one. Uh, game one. That, that I think that's my comment on that. There's 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 a lot that goes uh, into that where, where we don't have Cade Mays anymore uh so anyway a, a lot there to, to speak on that but talk uh talk offensive line for a second now that we're on this conversation you happy yeah. with mincy i'm i'm pretty pleased with with that left tackle position and i do think that mincy is your lt1 just to yes. keep it simple i think he's your left tackle i think you roll him out there against Pitt, and you you I, I, personally i would not want to see him leave the game unless he just can't hold up against that pit defensive line um, that would just be me. I want to see one guy at left tackle gelling with the other four, you know, along that group and your tight ends who are blocking as well. Um, I don't want to see a re revolving door, anything like that. Um, but I think worse comes to worse that you're okay. If you have to fall back to Crawford, I just, I want to see one guy take that job and run with it. Sure. I think Mincy is more than capable and he's obviously got some swag. Yeah. He tried to sign a kid's shoe there in the end zone. Hey, <laughs> I want that healthy swagger like that, you know, go Absolutely. punk somebody on the defensive line and, and create some holes and protect your quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Mincy forgot to take the cap off of the pin 
It was a, but, uh, it was a nice effort. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice 63 effort. Oh gosh. Oh yeah. Lord. I did it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, okay. a bu- that's a Butch Jones reference for you guys. Hey, uh, any other any other highlights that we need to make regarding uh, this Ball State game? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. A lot of people are going to say Tennessee did what they were supposed to do, which we did, uh, and we did it against a bad opponent. Any other yeah. thoughts? Um, mildly interesting to – somewhere between mildly interesting and small victory in this game is that a couple of those drives were a little bit longer in terms of more plays and a little more time off the clock. Um, in fact, some of the drives were flat out long drives, yeah. Um, which I think is good because last year, you know, there that was so so rare for this Tennessee offense. So, um, in fact, the time of possession was there was a 10 second difference in the time of possession, probably the closest in the Hopple era at Tennessee, and maybe the closest in his tenure. Not really significant, but it caught my attention for sure. Well, I'm not saying it's not significant, I, we're just never going to win that. Yeah, we're, yeah not, we're never going to win that category. <laughs> we're, we're snapping the ball every 13, 14 seconds. Yeah. Three plays a minute, which is unheard yeah. of. So I'm all right with that stat. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Um, but no, I'm, I'm so, so intrigued for this week to match up. What did it, you know, this will be the temperature for the rest of the season for sure. And every week is, but yeah, I'm so, so intrigued for this matchup and, and just I'm really feeling better about it as time gets closer, which is so natural for, college football fans are we feeling better at the corner position my honest again we've talked about this before you're the x's and o guys i'm your rant guy um gave you a shame dreamer rant in our recap of the weekend i'll be glad to give you more of those as we go because it's a clown <laughs> and college football provides rant worthy material sure um if if i'm looking at this with my naked eyes never played the game at a high level or a competitive level, just watch it, just love it. I think your best corners are Christian Charles and Kamal Haddon. I don't think Warren Burrell had a bad game. I don't think there's any reason for him to lose playing time or opportunities based on this game. I feel better about the position because coming off of the 2021 season, I was not sitting back and saying that Kamal Haddon is a SEC cornerback. I was thinking he's a nickel, perhaps a safety. I think he was playing the safety position when he got that pick against Purdue. Which he played the ball well. Yeah. And, and certainly he's got, you know, certain ball skills to be in the secondary at the SC level. And uh-huh. he was at Auburn before Tennessee. It's not like he's a, a two star or a Juco guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and he may have yeah. even spent some time at Juco. But I think Kamal Haddon is this team's best cornerback. I, I don't know that there's, I, I don't know how much you can argue with that uh, when the ball's in the air, at least. Okay. Um, but I can't help but wonder again with my naked eye, my hot take gut here. If, if your best corners aren't Christian Charles and Kamal Haddon. Yeah, I mean, the stats are going to tell you that. They, they led the team in tackles, Warren Burrell and Christian. Uh, there was a lot of quick game stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Ball State gave us a good enough to look to make and, that And kind you're of, right. You know, yeah. but I do feel better about it. You know, having, I do too. Having now seen Christian – line up at corner and go okay he can do this yeah uh, right um and now now we're going we were okay into the season where we're going gosh who's our corners like, do we have one do we yeah. have one corner yeah. do we have one now we've got warren which i think it's gonna that time's gonna come bro uh, i yeah. mean you, ha- you have to know this where warren's gonna do the thing that he has always done um 
but we've got Warren, we've got Christian, and we've got uh, – gosh, you just said his name. Kamal Haddon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one more who got significant playing time who I have drawn a blank on. Christian Harrison. Christian Harrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True freshman. So, you know what? At the very least, there's some dudes that we can play there. I, I don't love it. Uh, you know, going into the Ball State game, that corner position was Christian Charles or Kamal Haddon. I would like to see a, a, a name in bold right there this week. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I think if it's going to be a name, it's going to be Christian. He just uh, – he didn't he went caught out of position. No, he didn't have a pick. But you know what? I don't – the ball was thrown his way, but he was right there. You know yeah. what? And, and if he didn't make the tackle, he at least slowed the defender down, which – you're going to have poor tackling in week one, and I'm not saying he was a poor tackler. Not what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, matter of fact, he <laughs> led the team for yeah. that loud. But anyway, for sure. I feel better about corner. I feel less better about safety. Yeah, um, and, you know, we've talked about it. Guys like Trayvon Flowers and Jalen McCullough have probably reached their potential at this point of their career. Um, sure, there's 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 good young talent behind them, but they probably reach that potential. Um, you should get the highest level of ball out of those guys. I mean, they're they're veterans in every sense of the word. You're not going to find more experienced safeties in them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, you know, overall, I feel a, the secondary as a whole, corners and safeties combined, I feel a little bit better. Um, you know, certainly things like. Mario McDonald coming out of nowhere, taking that star position doesn't hurt at all. You know, you yeah. need things like that, and and that's a good sign. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? I'll, I'll say this. We didn't know who Theo Jackson was after the Bowling Green, Bowling Green game last year. Yeah. I mean, and, and if we knew him, it was because we had probably – I'm not – I will never dog a player on here. Yeah, I mean, sure, I'll have hot takes here and there, but I'll never bash a player just to bash a player. But if we thought about Theo Jackson, we probably thought about Theo Jackson like we think about Warren Burrow right now. Somebody that's been burned, um, that hasn't made a ton of plays, and and Theo was – we've talked about it just everywhere in 2021. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, we're going to close our conversation. Mike, give me a player of the game. And if you tell me Hendon Hooker, I'm just going to make you give me another name. Because no, no. I'm not going to say Hendon Hooker. Um, and, and like we talked about, you know, I would love to have seen just a hair more accuracy because he is such a veteran and he is the guy that we feel so strongly about, but yeah, no, for me, it's, it's Aaron Beasley because sure. He's been a solid linebacker for the most part in his career, but it's been probably a lower ceiling than, than your top linebackers at other places. And, and I just thought he looked fantastic just being in the right place and being explosive. Um, it's hard for me not to say Aaron Beasley, um, at least defensively, um, offense. I think the offense did what they sp- were supposed to. So I'm, I'm honestly, if I'm going to st- pick one player, I'm going to stick with Aaron Beasley for this game. Yeah. No, I'm with you. That's going to be my player of the game. I'm going to give you a player of surprise here. If I were to have told you going into this game that Byron Young is not going to register a stat, what would you say? That would be concerning for me um, because we we know all the talk about Byron and Barron. I mean, those are your guys up front. Omari Thomas gets a lot of talk as well. I think he's earned it, but I would have expected some disruption and some havoc, frankly, from Byron Young because he's just proven that he's he's honestly a, a really special kid and an athlete. So 
slightly concerning, but I think just so much of this game comes back to Ball State sticking to that. We're going to get the ball out. Yeah. We're going to get the ball out. You're not going to have a chance to hit our quarterback because, you know, for Ball State, they're going to need that kid to make any noise in the MAC again. Um, yeah. Byron Young's going to get so many opportunities this season, and I think he's going to capitalize on those. I'm not saying – you know, he's going to win awards and put himself in in crazy draft status, but he's going to have opportunities. And I think he's going to take advantage of a lot of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, for the sake of conversation, Byron Young did register one stat. It was a QB hurry, and but I was getting to Tyler Barron. He didn't. didn't register a he single didn't register thing. a stat. Not yeah. a single stat. Which and, uh, and maybe even more so, you know, he probably doesn't have that that burst that Byron has. And let's be honest, he's a little bit bigger of a dude than Byron. Uh, you know, Byron's a little bit smaller, I think, if I'm not mistaken, size-wise. And yeah. I think he's he, he's probably the fastest off the ball uh-huh. and, and most explosive there of that front. Um, so I would I would just go back to that. And, again, Ball State really – I mean, they had a solid game plan. It was probably the best thing that they could have done. Yeah. And, and it just shows who they are. And, and that's not even taking a shot at them. You know, they're fine. They're a MAC team. But that's probably just what this game boiled down to. Yeah, yep. They are who they are, and we are who we are. We did what we're supposed to do. Overall, I'm very pleased with the performance. I'm not going to let, after several days of this, I'm not going to let those uh, lack of TFLs and the lack of sacks get to me uh, because that was Ball State's game plan. Yeah. With that said, let's just, just for a second here, the line for the pit game has moved. Sure enough. Uh, last, last time I remember, it was at three and a half. Now it's at seven? Yeah, now it's at seven. And and I told you last week that – I think we said this on the pod, but the old line of thinking that was that home field advantage was worth a field goal in the home team's favor. You did say that. Yep. I heard I heard from, I believe, Fat Jack Sports and some material from last week on uh, Josh and Swain that home field advantage is now more like one and one and a half, one and a half in, your, in the home team's favor. So that's – I mean, that's significant. Sure. T- Tennessee would be – a touchdown favorite at home or on the road basically is what we're getting to here. Yeah. Because even if it's, even if it's Tennessee minus six, if they cover that, they're going to, they're going to win by a touchdown. So that that's strong to me. And I'm sure I'm, I'm positive that there's some Tennessee fans out there or there's, there's college football fans betting on Tennessee, driving this number up, but all off season, everything I heard was that Pitt's going to be the favorite at home. Their defensive line is going to be a record, you know, um, don't worry about what they're losing necessarily. So it's very interesting to me. And I'm, I mean, I'm as much as I just want to see a Tennessee win, I am fascinated by this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to comment on the, the home field advantage thing just for a second. I don't know that it's a blanket statement like that. And my tendency was Agreed. to be, okay, let's compare whatever stadium, let's call it Hinesfield because that's what it is. Because it is. Because yeah, it is. It's Hinesfield. Let's, uh, let's not compare Hinesfield to Neyland. Let's compare Hinesfield to Penn State. To Beaver Stadium. Go. Listen, in my mind, Beaver Stadium is more impactful than Heinz Field. Not listen, Heinz Field was ruckus for that West Virginia game. That was that was a fun crowd to watch. Yeah. They were wild. They were excited to have that rivalry back. But it ain't it ain't Penn State. It's not an, you know, it's not Penn State, it's not an SEC environment. And and now again, not a shot. It's just reality. It's reality. It is reality. It's not Penn State. It's not Death Valley. It's not the other Death Valley. It's not Neyland. It's not the Swamp. It's not Sanford Stadium. So, 
maybe maybe that has something to do with it. But either way, I think you're onto something there. Tennessee fans are probably driving that number a little bit up. Either way, you know what? I see the number and it makes me feel better. It does. I, I mean, go balls. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I, I do wish that the staff could could have the selling point. Not that it ultimately matters that much. I wish they could have the selling point of look. You're expected to lose. They think you're going to lose this game just like you did last year. Let's go prove them wrong. Um, but the other, just real quick tidbit, is that, yes, Tennessee fans and college football fans are driving this number up, but it opened up in your favor as it was. Yeah. You've not flipped this from being an underdog to now being a touchdown favorite. It's just Vegas has the faith in the balls, and I hope to God that they're up. I would love, I would love to see a Tennessee blowout here. I would love it. Would love it. I don't know that's going to be the case. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Right now, if I had to make a prediction, I don't know what I'm telling you. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't. I don't know that I feel good about it. I don't know that I feel bad about it. Uh, I'm right there on a very fine line uh, as as Tennessee travels up to take on Pittsburgh. Any other Any other thoughts on, uh, on that? Just and I think I've told you this off off air, but. You know, I felt in our preseason predictions that Tennessee would lose this game and beat Florida. I'm not changing my predictions, but I feel better about this game than I do the Florida game after what I saw in week one action. Just because because of the Tennessee-Florida rivalry, Anthony Richardson looking good, yeah, um, and Pittsburgh winning a close game, frankly. You know, um, yeah. that's that's the only reason. I'm going to keep my head about me. I'm not going to, you know, make, you know, game-changing predictions on that, but – um, I feel a little bit better about this game than I did at first because we were told about their off their uh, defensive line, and yeah. I just didn't think that they looked as good as advertised. Week one, not changing anything, not telling you Tennessee's going to win, just where I'm at. Yeah, week one, you just can't make too many uh, assumptions. You can't make you can't you can't stand on too much ground that week one provides. Just can't do it. Uh, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of football left to be played. But anyway, with that said, that's going to bring us to the end of our time on this special. I'm gonna, listen. I'm gonna start calling Tennessee episodes Orange Casts. It just rolled it. my tongue. Love on it. this pandemonium reigns Orange Cast. Listen, guys, you're gonna to have to forgive us. Mike and I are both kind of stopped up and congested and coughing. The crud is going around. We both got it. Uh, hopefully, the volunteers don't catch it as they travel up to Pittsburgh to take on the Panthers. Amen, brother. The Panthers. Anyway, this is Pandemonium Reigns. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening in. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts. Subscribe, um, share, follow. I don't know what buttons they are. Hit them, though. Hit them all. It Hit them all. It does us such a huge blessing when you choose to follow us and share us. Um, and for that, we thank you guys. And we love you so, so much. Even you, you wee little Alabama fans out there, we love you so, so dearly. Um, anyway, that's <laughs> I don't, I don't know anymore. That's the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could have been anywhere, but you were with us, and we thank you for it. This is Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. Mike. Love you guys. See ya. Give you. Pandemonium Reigns.